Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, Episode 1, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I am Jeff. And we could not be more excited to be bringing this to you. On this podcast, we're going to be discussing all things about all Borderlands games, and it's I'm super excited. This is uh, this has been in the works for quite a while, and uh, we're totally ready to go. Yeah. Um, so he said uh, all th- on all things Borderlands. Uh, admittedly, so uh, probably not as much on the pre sequel. Uh, <laughs> just, just because. Yeah. Uh, if if you're listening to this podcast, then you you probably have a good indication of why if, if you're just now discovering Borderlands and you decide to check out our podcast because of it. Um, there are some things that about the pre-sequel that are uh, different from the other Borderlands games, but that is a whole other episode for another time. But uh, right now, uh, we're just going to get into some stuff. But for, I don't know, first, how was, uh, how was your last couple of weeks in, uh, in Borderlands? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. I spent the past several weeks playing the uh, enhanced version of Borderlands One. Uh, oh yeah, the remaster. Play- yeah, yeah, the remaster. It's uh, and I love it. My favorite part about it is the quality of life improvements, such as not having to physically press a button to pick up ammo and and health and <laughs> Dude, things like that. It's, it's such just- a it's such a small change, but it's so nice. <laughs> right. I mean, when I when I first went from Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2, that was, I was like, you know, I ran out over to the stuff and it just picked it up. And I was like, what? This is the best. And now I have it <laughs> in original Borderlands and it's the best possible upgrade that they could have made, in my opinion. Uh, I think, I, personally, I feel it is a close second Uh my my personal favorite just like quality of life thing that they changed is I'm just super excited that they finally gave us an option to buy uh, the full amount of ammo that you need from the ammo vendors for like each yes. thing. So, yep. so like, my quick question: Why didn't they do that in the update to Borderlands Two? Forget I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> like they and, really should have. And most importantly. Will that be coming in Borderlands 3, September 13th? If it if it doesn't, it will, and I'm calling this now, if that does not have that in Borderlands 3, it will be the biggest gaming disappointment in history. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but yeah. Yep. So, uh, um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of the uh, remaster as well. I actually, and this might seem weird considering that, you know, we're doing a whole podcast on it and everything. But I'm actually start like I've actually started playing uh, Roland like seriously for the first time because I always just kind of overlooked him. You know, I mean, with it's just that when I started playing Borderlands, all the other characters just seemed so much cooler. Sure, you know? yeah, much more much more interesting. It's like you've got this guy who's got a bird that attacks people, and a dude who beats the crap out of people, and a and a woman who's got basically magical powers and a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you know, because they go through, you know, on that opening screen and they're like, Hey, this is what your, this is what your person does. It's like, all right. So Mordecai, he's got a bird, you know, and he also uses sniper rifles and revolvers. So it's like, sweet sniper rifles are dope, you know? And then right. you've got, and then you've got brick. 
where it just literally says, it's like, oh yeah, what kind of weapons does he like? It's like, well, explosive weapons and his fists. It's like, all right. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Lilith, where it's like elemental weaponry and uh, and SMGs, and then she does like her whole phase shift thing, you know, in the intro sequence and everything. And then it's right. like, you know, and then and then it's like, and then it goes to Roland. It's like Roland, soldier, shotguns and assault rifles. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like like I I'm not gonna knock Roland because if you if you play him the right way, he could be hella fun. It's just I can understand why people would not be as interested in that one. So, yeah, but anyway, like, so you've been playing through as as Roland, and it's uh, is it better than you expected? It is better than I expected. Yeah, it is a little bit um, like I I might have to change it up. I might have to go through a couple of different builds. But like right away, it's very satisfying to get into his early like gun builds and everything. Sure. So um, just because you're able to build him to fire like so fast with the assault rifles and just have huge magazines and everything. And, you know, um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited for that. Uh, I don't I don't foresee myself getting too much into doing stuff with his with his turret right away. But maybe as I play him a little bit more, I'll get a little bit more experimental with it. But e- either way, like I'm still I'm still having a lot more fun with it than 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 I thought I would. So, you know, good, uh, good. But, but I'm doing that. I've also been um, I've also been playing another build in the remaster with uh, a sniper Lilith, um, which. OK, OK. Um, which for for those of you listening, we're we're gonna get into that. That's gonna be the next episode. So uh, as I'm gonna talk, we're gonna talk about different builds and everything. So it's a sneak peek of that. Um, Drew will actually be covering um, Roland, and I'll actually be covering Lilith. So you'll get that. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm building that right now because she actually has a lot of stuff from her from her gun build stuff from like her SMG that transfers over really really well to her sniper stuff as well. So oh nice nice uh, yeah. So and you just uh, you actually just finished up your your first playthrough of pre sequel not too long ago, right? I did, yeah, yep. Wrapped up my first playthrough of that, and at first I didn't really see what you were getting at when it came to you know I don't like the I don't like the pre sequel as much because it's slower and it's kind of floaty, and I was like, well, that sounds that sounds dope, huge ass jumps and whatever, and mm-hmm. and then you get into it and you're like this really is not what I'm looking for in a Borderlands game. Right. Yeah. I really enjoyed it for the story aspect though. And I'm about halfway through the, uh, claptrap DLC for that. And that's also fun. Mm -hmm. I just, I was really, it, it took a while to get used to the, to the general floatiness of it. Yeah. So, yeah, you it's, know. it's it's an acceptable. You know what? If I, I think that if I was going to introduce a brand new player to the Borderlands series, I think I would probably, I mean, not not having three out at this point. I think I might actually go Borderlands one, okay, mm-hmm. and then follow it up with the pre sequel, and then and then Borderlands two. So do it chronologically as far as actual you know, the actual timeline of the games. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, like Borderlands one is just a great intro to the series. Borderlands two. It's like, Hey, you know, you ever Borderlands, the pre-sequel, you get the cool, just the, the newer feel of it and everything. And the, and the weapons and just, it's, it's really nicely done. And then, 
Borderlands 2, like, is the best of the three, I would say, at this point. Right, yep. So, and I, and I would agree with you. And I think that, I think the nice thing about, now, now we, we got to remember that, um, we got to remember that when we're talking about this, um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, was not actually made by Gearbox. To anyone listening, it was not made by Gearbox. They had their eye on it for sure, but that was actually 2K Australia that actually developed that one, and they're actually no longer even around. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, that's if that gives you any kind of indicator as to how well it was received. Right, know. yeah. So, and and the other big thing is that uh, from what we have seen, uh, you know, what we've seen from Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2, and then Borderlands 2, and hopefully Borderlands 3, or what we're seeing in Borderlands 3, it looks like they've learned every time from what they've done. And what I mean by that is, um, even as far as, like, my complaints initially about Roland and him not seeming as, like, as cool of a character, well, there's, there's always been some kind of a quote-unquote soldier class in every game. Yeah. Um, now, it's what's cool about that is um, they did, I feel that they did make Axton, who was the soldier in Borderlands 2, way more interesting of a character than, uh, than Roland in Borderlands 1. You know, like right, they're, right. There, I mean, just from the sheer amount of skills that you have, there are a lot more different builds and stuff like that you, you can do, and that's cool. But also at the same time, uh, Mose, who is the soldier character in Borderlands Three, looks way cooler than any of the previous soldier <laughs> classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. And uh, speaking of Borderlands Three, that segues nicely into the news. So. Uh, as of this recording, there is going to be a gameplay preview event uh, within the next several days. Let's see. It, we're recording this on a Sunday. It's happening on Wednesday. So sorry to not be not have that information available to you yet, but it'll definitely we'll definitely be getting into that a little bit in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait it's going to be it's the a may 1st event they're going to be doing a gameplay preview event it's going to be streamed live on the borderlands twitch page and i am considering calling in sick to work that day <laughs> just watch it i that, can't wait that may not be the worst idea uh i did find out <laughs> actually i do want to amend something on here so it looks like it'll be simulcast both on uh whatever streamer is playing on their channel as well as the Borderlands Twitch channel, as well as the Borderlands YouTube page as well. So you'll have, so if you don't have a Twitch page or anything like that, and you want to watch on YouTube, you can totally do that also. So awesome. uh, Awesome. And if, and there's, I'm assuming there's going to be a VOD also. So that way we can, you know, like that night I can come home and watch it later. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's that. And then, um, there's lots of, I mean, uh, the, the cool thing is like these, a lot of the people that are involved in this, like a lot of the streamers are not just like big borderland streamers from like the past or anything, but they're like bigger streamers in general, you know? Um, so, so that'd be, so that'd be you Ninja. Know, really cool. Did they get Ninja? Is he playing? <laughs> uh, no, they did not get Ninja. <laughs> So, oh, I yeah. am just devastated about that. Yeah, I can I can hear that in your voice. So, <laughs> so. so uh, next topic of conversation, we found out recently Troy Baker will not be returning as the voice of Reese 
from the Tales to uh, Tales from the Borderlands series. Uh, he's not going to be reprising his role as Reese in Borderlands Three. Yeah, that came as news to us via Twitter. Uh, Troy Baker tweeted that out. Uh, there was some scuttlebutt between him and Randy Pitchford, uh, you know, Gearbox uh, CEO and president and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it, I don't know, It's it kind of sucks to see drama going down like this in when when we're all just super hyped for this next, for Borderlands 3 coming out September 13th. Yeah, yeah, it is. We, we touch on it mainly just because... Um, you know, like we, we don't like to, you know, spread any kind of like hate or rumors or anything like that. You know, the, the whole reason why we're doing this is because we just we like the games and we want to share stuff with other people that like the games. But at the same time, you know, he's a very prolific figure, not only as far as what he did for the Borderlands series and the lore of it and everything like that, but as well as in, in the actual you know, uh, voiceover actor community. I mean, I, I'm not sure that in, in games there's a bigger name than Troy Baker. I mean, you could say maybe Nolan North, but that might be about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, on the, on a positive note, when it comes to voice actors and, uh, rumored returns, it's confirmed that Ashley Birch will be reprising her role as tiny Tina in borderlands three. And that's super exciting because I, I mean, you can't have anybody else but Ashley Birch do that voice. I mean, Anthony, her brother Anthony, who wrote Borderlands 2, basically created that character for her, you know? Mm-hmm. And she, but funny funny enough, still had to audition for that role. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, uh, she's she's done a fantastic job. I mean, she, she, nailed, I mean, she nailed Tiny Tina in uh, Borderlands 2, and she did really, really well with that. And now that we've kind of aged the game forward a little bit or aged the series forward a little bit um, and going into Borderlands 3, you can tell that it's it's a few years on and everything. And Tiny Tina's grown up a little bit and everything like that. And so I'm excited to see how that works and everything, especially because um, I'm sure that some of you know this already, but she also did the voice of Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn and, and just crushed it with that. She did a fantastic job. She actually, I think... The year that came out, um, she actually was up for a like a voiceover award at, at I want to say it was at the Game Awards for that. Uh, yeah, I think I think she actually won it. If oh, I remember did she? correctly, I think so. But I I could be wrong. I'm not. This is not a this is not a Horizon Zero Dawn podcast. So <laughs> no, no, it is not. So, so don't quote me on that, and don't at me either. So yeah, yeah, don't yeah, don't don't at him, but but at him though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, something I'm interested to see is I wonder if I'm really curious to see if the uh, increase in, you know, for the, the increase in the timeline moving on in years, I wonder if that's matured tiny Tina in any way, you know, dealing with, man, there's okay. So there's a lot of newish people to the Borderlands series. I'm hoping listening to this podcast, so I'm not yeah. going to spoil anything but like dealing with certain character deaths at the end of borderlands towards the end of borderlands 2 i wonder if that affects her personality as she gets older um i'm really curious to see to see what her character development is it'd be a little disappointing to see her just being the same you know 12 year old kid or whatever yeah just older yeah and and I can understand that, and I, I feel like um, 
I mean, the thing that she was always, you know, into was, you know, explosions and everything like that. And I feel like she's going to get more into that and just better at her craft as she does that. Um, but I also feel like it's going to be a situation where, I don't know, I feel like it is going to be a situation where they are going to mature her, but there's still going to be a lot of that same thing that we really love about Tiny Tina. But it will be interesting just to see how far they go with that, mainly because... Um, you know, just mainly because um, it's it's not going to be the same writer. It's not Anthony Birch that's actually writing, uh, you know, Borderlands Three. So, um, would you consider if you were if you were on the staff of Borderlands Three, would you consider having him come in as like a consultant to write lines for Tiny Tina? Yeah, yeah. If, if that were me, yeah, totally. I mean, here's the thing: is that we got to understand that uh, Borderlands Two was Anthony Birch's like first like real big project that he did. So sure. it does lean a little heavily, and it's a little bit dated now. Um, you know, even though we're talking about a game that's not super old yet. I mean, what it's like, you know, six, seven years old somewhere in there. But um, it was it was a little bit dated for the time, and it leaned a little bit heavy on referential humor. But he's done lots of other work since then, so I'm sure that he has also matured as a writer as well. So I would totally, you know, even if it was just for that aspect of it, yeah, I would totally consider having um, Anthony Birch come back, even if it was just for the Tiny Tina aspect of it, or some of the other some of the other characters that um, you know that you know, were brand new to, uh, you know, to the Borderlands series at the time or anything like that. Like even I, we, we've been told that handsome Jack is not coming back, but because handsome Jack was the person for so long, you know, between Borderlands two and pre-sequel and even parts of tales from the Borderlands and everything like that, I would still consider having him, you know, write parts for, for handsome Jack if he were to, if he were to come back. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's a really good, that's a really good observation that it was, it would just make sense, you know, just yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of things that are, or are not coming to Borderlands three slag will not be returning in Borderlands three, but will be replaced with a supposedly nuclear radiation effect and will function similarly to the way that caustic damage originally functioned in Borderlands one. If you're new to the series in Borderlands one, caustic damage was pretty much universally helpful regardless of enemy type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the reason that he's saying that and, and full disclosure, um, that last bit about that, about it functioning similarly to the way that cost damage originally functioned in Borderlands 1, that's based off of very little information that we have right now, and that's based off of my own take on that. Because the way it was put out there by Randy Pitchford on Twitter was that he said that it'll function A, as a, uh, as a damage over time, and also as a debuff. You know, and that's the right. way he described it. And that's exactly how caustic damage worked in the first one, because what caustic damage did was it was a damage over time, and it was particularly good against uh, it was particularly good against uh, armored uh, targets and things like that. Um, but it also meant that if you put a damage over time effect from caustic onto an enemy, that any other damage over time, like lightning or fire, that you did after that also did more damage. So it was also kind of a debuff in that way as well. So, which from, just makes which just makes sense as far as I mean, I, I get it's a video game, but yeah. acid acid regardless is going to hurt 
whatever it hits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So so to have it work like that just makes more sense. If you're fighting an alpha skag in Borderlands 1 and you've got a, a pestilent defiler and then you follow that up with a with a fire SMG, that thing's going down relatively quick. So mm-hmm. and that's and that's to me how that mechanic should work going forward. It just makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, we got that information. Uh, the the article that I read was actually from uh, Green Man Ga- uh, Green Man Gaming, and in the tweet that they mentioned, um, Randy Pitchford explained there is no slag. We replaced it with something that actually makes a little sense. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, the new element that's in quotes, and that's the way he put it: damage type, is, which is nuclear radiation effect, has a similar effect to has a similar effect to slag, increased vulnerability by those affected, and also a damage over time component. You know what just struck me though? What's a, that? it is it surprises me that Randy Pishford and I are on the same page about something. That makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Magic! Like, right, like, is <laughs> is Randy coming to his senses, or am I slowly slipping to into insanity? It's... <laughs> we're on a slippery slope here. Yeah. And so, and secondly, it's... Sorry, there was one thing you said in there that, that really, that struck me, and I, and I lost it for a second. Do you want me to read it again for you? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, In a tweet, developer Gearbox's president and CEO, Randy Pitchford, explained, there is no slag. We replaced it with something that actually makes sense. The new element, again in quotes, damage type, which is like a nuclear radiation effect, has a similar effect to slag. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I remember (laughs) So what it is 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 I wonder how that it will affect the player character in negative ways. Gotcha. Okay. If I if I have a let's just call it a nuke damage weapon, okay? Yeah. Um, if I have one of those and it's on a rocket launcher, okay, and I go into an area and I blow an a, an enemy away with that, if I run through that area, will I be affected by the radiation? Is it going to be like? fallout style effect as far as radiation and how it and how it hurts me i imagine it wouldn't be as extreme as fallout to where right you know you to where it's like a permanent detrimental thing to you but i just wonder if it'll have like a localized area effect for let's say a minute you know yeah or or if it just or if it'll depend on or if it depends on the strength of the weapon or this the amount of that's elemental damage it's done, or if it won't affect the player character at all. Sure. Unless you're hit by enemies that have that same that same elemental weapon type. Sure. So my personal opinion about that, and I don't want to spend too much more time on, on this because we do have our, our topic that we want to get to today. But right. um, my opinion of that is if they do something like that where uh, an area becomes irradiated for a little while, um, that they would need to make it very, very visible to the player at the time. Um, like, it would need to be, like, an existing mushroom cloud or something like that that irradiates. Oh, yeah, for, that's a good idea. For, for that time. And the reason is because just we want to make sure, like, the, the thing that Gearbox has done over the course of their games is that they always want to make sure that it's, 
it's fun. They've made sure that the games are fun first. You know, I feel like we're kind of in this weird kind of like era where games, uh, especially games in this kind of genre where it's very focused around loot and everything like that, they're, they are, um, they have a very serious tone, you know, and uh, kind of casting out a large net by what I mean by games with loot. I mean, we're talking, you know, Diablo 3, even though that's an older game, but Diablo 3, we're talking uh, Anthem, Destiny, we're Destiny Division. The Division. Yeah, all these games have more serious tones. And we can see that there has usually been an underlying darker subtone with the Borderlands games all the time. But you also have characters like Face McShooty, who literally just wants you <laughs> to shoot in the face. Like, that's right. not serious. And hey, Steve. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and then like all you know, and then like the Claptastic, you know, Voyage DLC, which takes place entirely in Claptrap's mind. But you're also playing as Claptrap in Claptrap's mind. So yes. like <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, um but yeah, and and the reason I say that is because if you weren't able to see this this visible area of effect and you just wandered into it and you just started ticking down damage, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like it's yeah. like it's it's the same exact reason why from Borderlands one to Borderlands two, they just got rid of fall damage altogether. Because, right. Because right. fall damage isn't fun. You want to be able to jump off the top of the buzzer tower and not die when you hit the ground because that's fun. You God know? damn, you make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So that's that's the thing. Is like if they do something like that, I think it's a neat idea that they could implement. But it needs to be very visual as far as being able to see that. So, right, right. So anyway, so, yeah, like I said, getting, getting into our topic now, uh, which you, uh, Drew wrote up the majority of this one. So this is kind of his baby. It's so, my baby. It's my baby. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway. So this is for people who are getting into the Borderlands series or people that have been playing Borderlands, uh, specifically Borderlands 2, for a while and maybe are struggling in parts having, you know, you're kind of getting through normal vault hunter mode and, and maybe you're struggling a little early and true vault hunter mode and stuff like that. This is a guide to the best relatively basic model weapons to use. So this guide is not going to include no, it's, it's no legendaries. It's no uniques. It's no pearlescence or seraphs or anything like that. Yeah. This is just, this is this is unnamed, un you know, un anything weapons, and we want to stress weapons specifically. We'll get into grenades and mods and all that kind of stuff another time. Right, right. At this point, there's just there's too many. It, it would be too much to cover all the different weapon types and class mods and grenade mods and shields. It's just there'd be too much. So we're gonna break it down into weapons. Weapons this time. We'll handle the other stuff in a future episode. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start off with pistols because pistols are basically able to be used by virtually any character type. Mm-hmm. I I can't. Is there anybody who doesn't want to use pistols? Maybe Krieg. Maybe, uh, no, maybe, but even then they're useful to him. No, 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 not even Krieg. Like Krieg has Krieg has a lot of pistols that I mean, you know, he's very good at. Um, 
you know, Krieg is very good with, um, Krieg, I mean, he's very good with, uh, explosive weaponry. So like any of the Torg weapons are, are oh, generally right, pretty yes. good for him. Um, yep. he also does a lot of elemental stuff and there's a lot of elemental weaponry and pistols. That's good. So, I mean, yeah, any, you know, like any of that is, is really good. So anyway, um, all right. So anyway, so yeah, when it comes to pistols, specifically the manufacturer that you're going to want to be looking at in in our humble opinion, is Vladoff. Vladoff is universally known as firing a hell of a lot of bullets, okay? And specifically, the types that you're going to be looking for are anarchists and troublemakers. Yep. So, so uh, anarchists... Keep, yeah, keeping sorry, in mind, yeah, keeping in mind real quick, we're just talking about Borderlands 2 right now. Yes, uh, this is specific to Borderlands 2. We're definitely going to make up another one of these guides to Borderlands 1 later. Um, Borderlands 2 is just our favorite out of the series, so we figured we'd start here. Yeah. So, also, anything that we're saying on this, this is our own opinion based off of our own gameplay of the games and watching you know, lots of other videos and guides and things like that ourselves and everything. But and you know, if you have a different build that you want to do for any of these kind of stuff, great, do it. Fun is fun. That's what we're aiming for. But you know, these are just our opinions that we've come across from, from our playtime with the game. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a broad generalization, but a good starting point for anybody. Right. So anyway. So uh, so like I said, we're, you're looking at Vladoff, specifically anarchists and troublemakers. Anarchists will literally always come with that Vladoff rotating twin barrel, thus ensuring a high rate of fire. Unfortunately, that comes with the downside of not being exceptionally accurate, but... I feel like the fire rate and magazine size make up for it. They are really exceptionally good for Salvador and his keep firing skill, uh, Axton and his metal storm skill, and, and you're right, and Krieg and his, uh, just as an example, his embrace the pain skill. Yeah, yep. So, and, um, you know, the, the, you touched on something there real quick, and it's funny, but even even in the games, one of the marketing things for Vladoff, you know, cause you said it's not exceptionally accurate, but the fire rate and the magazine size make up for it. And that's one of their marketing things in, in the lore of the game is that you don't need to be a better shot. You just need to fire more bullets. And that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> so. Right. Right. That's exactly. I mean, that's, that was the tagline in Borderlands one and it holds true in Borderlands two. Yep. Absolutely. And, and also the pre-sequel, but we're not talking about that one today. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, Anyway, so secondly, if you can't find an anarchist, look for a troublemaker. Troublemakers will always come with a Torg barrel, making it a relatively high damage weapon, considering it's combined with the high fire rate of Vlad that Vladov pistols are known for. Mm -hmm. uh, be especially on the lookout for the prefix Resolute, which increases accuracy and reduces recoil. If I remember right, the Resolute just means that you get that... Uh, Shoot, I don't remember which brand it is, but I think I want to say it's a Hyperion stock on it. It's got like the, the shoulder stock to the pistol. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, if I remember right. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yep. So, and that's yeah, having having the shoulder stock to it. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, lastly, both versions, uh, the uh, the the anarchist or the troublemaker. Actually, actually, I guess that if it's a troublemaker, it's probably it's only going to have. Uh, explosive uh, elemental types, but if it's a but if it's an anarchist, it can come with any elemental type or none. Uh, mm -hmm. Any kind of element will be better than none, but none is still fine. It's totally right. it's totally a good gun. 
Yeah, um, so one thing to touch on, and I'm going to be saying this a lot as we go through some of the different weapon types and everything, but uh, with pistols, if the barrel matches the brand of the weapon, it gains additional bonus weapon damage. So, uh, you know, flat off with flat off, Torg with Torg, doesn't doesn't matter. If the barrel matches uh, the, the weapon, then it gains bonus damage. And the cool thing about that is that is the same way on, we're not talking about them as much, but that is the same way on uh, unique and legendary weapons too. So, you right, know. right. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, next weapon category. Let's get into shotguns. Jeff, who's the best manufacturer of shotguns on Pandora? I'm sorry. Can you can you repeat the question, please? I said, who's the best manufacturer of shotguns on Pandora? Torg. Torg. <laughs> because Torg guns always, and I emphasize this always have explosive damage. Mm-hmm. So we are looking specifically at Ravager, Hulk, and Pounder models. Yep. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, the, I don't know, like, here's the thing, you know, especially in an early game, like, you're, it's going to be hard for, for you to find me without a Tor shotgun, even if it's just for the sake of, um, even if it's just for, like, the sake of getting up off the ground. If you're being mobbed by enemies, you know, and you're down on the ground in a fight-for-your-life mode, I, I love having a Torg weapon around me just to be able to get up off the ground for it. So Yeah, I mean, if you're being swarmed by a bunch of spider ants or a bunch of midgets or what have you... Bunch of rats, bunch of psychos, right. whatever. Uh, <laughs> ugh, rats are the worst. They are. It's, you are more likely... To be able to get up off your ass and get killing things again, if you've got an ex- if you've got a Torg shotgun in your hand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so all Torg weapons across the board, not just shotguns, deal bonus explosive damage that's not listed on the item stat card. So keep that in mind if you're comparing it to some other some other variant of shotgun. They could have identical stats somehow, but a Torg is going to do more damage because it's got that uh, bonus explosive damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravagers are the best of the Torg shotguns, in my humble opinion. They will always come with a Torg barrel and deal m- the most damage among common shotguns, with accuracy being the downside. Like Jeff said, great for fight for your life mode when being mobbed. The only only caveat that I have there is when before you swap away from your Torg shotgun make sure that it's fully loaded because when you do swap to it because you're dying, it sucks to swap to be like, Oh, it's fine. I'll just swap to my shotgun. And then you're sitting there reloading forever. It's super stressful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is rough times. So rough time. So, uh, only downside about ravagers, they only come in rarities blue and higher. So if you're, uh, not to gloss over it, but if you're unfamiliar with the uh, rarity scale in Borderlands 2, it is a white, green, blue, purple, uh, orange. Mm-hmm. So uh, only available at blue or higher. But that's okay, because if you can't find a Ravager, you can always try to find a Hulk. A Hulk is going to use the three-barrel uh Three barrel bandit system barrel and will always fire 13 pellets at the cost of three ammo per shot and is available at green rarity and above. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not 
quite as good as the Ravager because, as you will see, across the board, regardless of weapon type, if the barrel matches the weapon manufacturer, you're going to have increased damage. Mm -hmm. So, um, and at the bottom of the list here, we have Pounders, which, not great. I'll be honest, not not great. But if you, but it's still going to be very helpful in very early game situations. Uh, Pounders yeah. use the Jacob's Barrel and use two ammo per shot. They are suitable at white rarity, but if you get a chance, upgrade to a Hulk or a Ravager when you're able to do so. Yeah, like listen. So like Pounders are like. <laughs> Pounders are like the Wendy's of the of the Torque shotgun world. It's like it's not the worst one you could have at the moment. Wow. You know? Why you got to do that? <laughs> Wendy's Twitter is going to put us on blast now. Dude, they put everyone on blast. That'll just get us more notoriety. Like this is That's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. shut up. You're giving it all away. Like yeah. But but yeah, you know, just um, you know, like it's 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 good for what it is. You can definitely find better, but if you can't, this works just fine, you know. So that's yeah. kind of the way it is. So yeah. like it's, it is, it is not, it is not the five guys that the Ravager is like, <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting, we ain't going to smash burger with a, uh, with a, <laughs> you know, with a pounder, but, uh, you know, whatever it's right. acceptable. Wait, so waiting, waiting for all the hate from all the, uh, from all the in and out burger people now, <laughs> like, <laughs> psh, whatever. Anyway, Westerners. anyways, so next weapon category, we're going to take a look at probably one of my favorite weapon types is sniper rifles. Love Uh, sniper rifles. (laughs) Right? It's, you know, I almost always find myself gravitating towards a character that has buffs to sniper rifles. Mm -hmm. Just like, like the first character that I ever played through in Borderlands one was Mordecai. First character I played through in Borderlands two was zero. And Mm -hmm. I imagine that, the first one I play in Borderlands 3 is going to be, uh, well, mm, it might be, I was thinking it's going to be Flack, but it could be, uh, what is his name? I it could forgot. Be, could be who now? The uh, the other guy, the assassin. Oh, Zane. Uh, Zane, thank you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so Jeff, who are we looking at for a sniper rifle manufacturer? Uh, well, uh, it's, uh, give me a hint, it's only going to take one shot. It is going to take only one shot. It's Jacobs. Yes. Jacobs is the best manufacturer of sniper rifles on Pandora. Are they located on Pandora? They are. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. So specifically, we're looking at the Muckamuck and Chinook variants. Can I, can I stop you just for a second and, and put this out there for anyone? Because we don't know. We could probably research it, but that takes time. If, if you know what any of the prefixes for the Jacob stuff or what any of the, yeah, what any of the Jacob stuff means, can you, like, hit us up on Twitter? Anything like that? Just, like, let us know. Like, you know, like, Muckmuck or Chinook or Sia Sia or oh, any of that actually, kind of stuff. I looked into that a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of them, they are actual uh, original Native American words, most of them from the Chinook tribes. Uh, I can't remember specifically what they are, but yeah, but yeah, you can look it up. Most, you can look it up along as, along with most of the other information that we get at uh, borderlands.fandom.com. Yeah. Which is, which is, 
which for anyone else, like, you know, it's just the wiki. If you also just type in Borderlands wiki, that just comes up. So, <laughs> so uh, like I said, we're looking at the Muckamuck and Chinook variants. Not a surprise here. The Muckamuck variant uses a Jacob's Barrel and therefore do incredible damage and among the highest accuracy common weapons in the game. The lowest version uh, that I've seen is a 96.4 for the Chickenman variant. I don't care who you are. 96.4 is stupid accurate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. Again, when we're talking like early game, like, you know, very first playthrough kind of stuff, it doesn't matter what your character build is going to be around in like 20 or 25 levels or anything like that. If you can pick off, you know, enemies with like a skill, like one skill active, you know, and have it do incredible damage just based off the weapon alone, great, perfect, then do that. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, even, even, have you ever seen a sniper Axton build? No, I can't say that I ever have, actually. Me either, but if I'm early game and I've got a point in impact, which does additional gun damage and melee damage, but that's not relevant, but it does additional gun damage, and I have a and I have some type of Jacob sniper rifle, and I'm critting things from forever away, I'm probably doing all right, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you trick me. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you got me with exactly what you want me to say because I had, I literally never had seen a, <laughs> a nice, <laughs> nice sniper belt. You're like, yeah, that's right, you haven't. <laughs> that's right, and you ain't gonna. I mean, we might someday just to get crazy with it. Right. Yo, now I'm actually kind of excited. I want to do that now. Yo, to that one guy that's out there that plays Sniper Accident, hit me up on Twitter. I want to add you. <laughs> right. <things. laughs> Shout out to you. You do you, boo. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so the other variant that we want to look at besides Muckamuck is Chinook. Uh, Chinook is also acceptable since it uses a Hyperion barrel and thus leads to really good accuracy yet slightly lower damage per shot than a Muckamuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a level 8 CSCA Muckamuck, uh, which is a uh, green rarity, is going to do 129 damage per shot, uh, approximately, as opposed to a level 8 Hayu Chinook, which only does 93 damage per shot. Right. And when you get those critical damage multipliers, that can make a huge difference. Oh. That's the difference between one-shotting or two-shotting something. Yeah, and, and especially, again, you know, going into early game and everything like that, especially with sniper rifles, because even when you're maxed out in the game, you still don't get that many as many sniper rifle uh, bullets as I would like. But, like, especially in early game, you're really going to want to hold on to that ammo and use it, you know, only when necessary. Right, right, definitely. So uh, I like to use sniper rifles as zero, which is not a surprise because he's the assassin class in Borderlands 2. It's also really fun to use sniper rifles when playing as Maya, especially against, uh, in my my opinion, tanky-style mobs and bosses that are still able to be phase-locked. You phase-lock something from forever away and then, you know, unload into their dome, you're probably gonna be okay yeah so you know it's really really good for that on maya um again and i know i keep on referencing this but you know you get into early game you get your phase lock right away you phase lock a bigger or a badass enemy or something like that and then you just start pounding away right on its critical spot you know and whatever and you're good it helps out a ton so uh that does bring us to our next point though which is that there uh with the jacob stuff um you know, and this shouldn't be surprising because we're only talking about Borderlands 2, but there are no elemental versions of that ever. 
Uh, like, unless you're, like, actually modding it into the game, there's just, it's just not going to happen. So, right. um, you know, so, but for, if you're just looking for straight damage, um, then by all means, go with Jacobs. If if you really, 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 really want that elemental damage, then, you know, Maliwan or Vladoff are not a bad option. Personally, I would take Vladoff just because of the higher fire rate. You're almost got, like, a high damaging, uh, you know, low high damaging, high accuracy, slower firing, you know, assault rifle kind of a situation. So, right, right. Um, anyway, but yeah. But if you do want elemental stuff, then might I recommend you uh, to our next part about SMGs. SMGs. So uh, when it comes to SMGs, our favorite manufacturer is Malawan. However, I would say that if you can find an E-Tech... That would probably be the. I mean, Etech's not technically a manufacturer, so Malawan is the winner here. But if you can find an Etech, I would rather have that. Correct. So Etechs are uh, Etech SMGs specifically are known as plasma casters and are awesome. Uh, in particular, the Malawan and Hyperion versions. If you I swear, if I find out that somebody found a Malawan plasma caster that was on level and you passed it over, just unsubscribe from this podcast right now. I don't even want to talk to you no more. All right? Just, you're just, go, straight you're, Mulan, go straight Mulan on them. Dishonor on your family. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Yeah, exactly. Like it's There's no reason. There's not a single character build that can't use a Malawan plasma caster. If it's on level, because you're going to benefit from slightly faster projectile speed and accuracy, and it's just and it's will and it will always be elemental, and you will always have a reason to have some version of some element. Yes. Um, Hyperion plasma casters are also good, but are only going they're only going to increase your accuracy. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing to sniff at. If you can't hit what you're shooting, it doesn't matter anyways. Mm-hmm. If you can't get your hands on a Malawan plasma, if you can't get your hands on a uh, plasma caster, Malawan SMGs are the way to go for just straight up pure elemental frenzy. Mm-hmm. The submalevolent grace SMG mm-hmm. is hey. acceptable. <laughs> hey, <laughs> gonna get an SMG SMG. <laughs> Sounds like you got OCD or something. Uh, <laughs> The submalevolent grace is acceptable and comes in any variant except explosive. However, finding the specific model for the element that you want is better, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, you want to take us through those elemental types for Malawans? Yeah, so the uh, elemental types uh, that you're going to be looking at are uh, Provocateur for Fire, uh, venom for corrosion, vexation for shock, and revenant for slag. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to go ahead and just pick them out like that right away because certain builds for certain characters will obviously want certain things. Uh, Maya, obviously, she's just geared towards pretty much anything elemental, so you're able to use whatever you want based on the situation. Obviously, fire for fleshy enemies, corrosion for uh, armored enemies and then vexation for, uh, for shields, you know, and everything like that. But I mean, like Drew said earlier, there's not anything that there's no character that's going to not benefit from these at some point along the lines. So, 
Uh, Krieg is going to do great with the provocateurs. Um, you know, uh, he also does right really because well. he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of synergy with fire weapons in his uh, Hellborn tree, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then the same thing, uh, and then the same thing with corrosion. He actually does a fair amount of stuff for that. You can build a shock trooper class mod or a shock trooper class around Axton if you want to do that. You can also do a shock build with Gage. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's just all sorts of options for those. And then, honestly, you know, Slag is never a bad option in Borderlands 2. As much as we ragged on it at the beginning and are glad that it's kind of going away because it became a crutch in later game and everything, Slag is going to be super helpful no matter where you're at in the game just because, you know, Slag an enemy, especially a boss that you're having a tough time with, and then light him up with another element. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah, really, and... Um, yeah, again, really, really good, specifically with Maya's uh, flicker skill, and as Drew said earlier, there's a ton of synergy with anything fire, and uh, higher fire rate, more uh, fire damage weapons in Krieg's Hellborn tree, so... Right, right. Okay, so that takes us to our next weapon type, assault rifles, which we are going to skip because they're totally useless in Borderlands 2. Moving All right, on. moving on. Let's go. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. For for real, like assault rifles are probably my least favorite weapon type in Borderlands Two. They're just generally, they're just generally not necessary. Um, whatever an assault rifle can do, there's other weapons that can do those things better. Yeah, it's and the it's just the most middle of the road weapon class in the game. Yeah, and um, not to mention there are a couple of bugs with the way that assault rifles work. But we're gonna we're gonna let Drew talk about. Talk about his part of it first, and then we'll get into that a little bit. So, but but yeah. All right, so g- gen- generally, what we're saying. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like. No, that's all right. Generally, what we're saying is that anything that uh, an assault rifle can do, whatever you're looking for it to do, I'll say, there's some other weapon type that will be able to do it better. Generally. Yeah. For example, if you're if you're like, oh, assault rifle, it's got to have high high fire rate. Yeah, you're you're not wrong, but you're generally going to be able to find pistols and SMGs that have a higher fire rate. And you're like, well, an assault rifle, it's got to have a decent amount of damage. Yeah, that's sort of true, but shotguns and sniper rifles are definitely going to have are definitely going to pack a bigger punch. Right. Yeah, it's 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 just hard to find that good balance for it. I mean, I in in all the builds that I've done on Borderlands Two, I can think of one uh, where I use um, one assault rifle, and that's and that's a unique one. Um, and it's also and it's also a moxie weapon, so it also heals me at the same time. So there's a lot going on with that that made me choose that one in particular with that build. So anyway, continue. Right. That being said, if you come across a dull carbine assault rifle, it's probably worth it to pick it up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Please don't turn off the podcast. Just listen for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. like- <laughs> Hold on. Wait. No. Just, just give me a second. Give me a second. Listen. So, unsurprisingly, at this point, if you've been paying attention, doll is the manufacturer, and a carbine is going to come with a doll barrel. Therefore, it's going to have increased damage and accuracy, as well as reduced recoil. The carbine also increases the normal zoomed burst that doll weapons are known for from three to five. And that's not bad. It's, it's really not. It's, it can be 
quite useful, especially if you pair it with Zero's skills Optics and Kill Confirmed. Uh, optics does uh, it has increased zoom and aim steadiness when looking down a sight. And uh, where was the other one? Kill Confirmed does uh, increased critical hit damage depending on how long you aim down the sights. Mm-hmm. So that can be pretty useful, actually. Yeah, and um, you know, one thing to note, too, is that if the grip of your assault rifle matches the brand of the weapon, it gains additional bonus reload speed and magazine size increases, which is kind of nice. So if you do get a doll, you will be sacrificing a little bit of weapon damage, okay, admittedly, but you'll have uh, bonus reload speed, uh, bigger magazine size, and then the natural things that a doll uh, grip gives you, which is reduced recoil, and faster recoil recovery. So you are going to be more accurate on that as well. Right, right. So that's that's pretty much all we got on assault rifles. Uh, last weapon category is rocket launchers. Unsurprising here, the best rocket launcher manufacturer is Torg. Torg. So... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so specifically, we're looking at the derp and D variants. And if you haven't played Borderlands 2 and you don't know what I'm talking, talking about, just just look. All right. When you're playing Borderlands 2 and you're looking at Torg rocket launchers, you'll think that I don't sound as dumb because there's that's how you pronounce it. All right. They're derps and D's. OK, the best part so, is the prefixes on them turn into gunkadas and things like that. So you will literally have a gunkada D or a gunkada derp. Right, right. So, uh, so derps come with unsurprisingly torg barrels and do stupid high damage. Downside is slow moving rockets, uh, not great accuracy, and relatively low reload speed. And y'all are probably thinking, well, slow moving, poorly accurate, and slowly reloading rockets sounds awful. But it so much makes up for it, considering how much damage it does. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's awesome. With, paired with overkill skills like Salvador's no kill, like overkill, and Krieg's thrill of the kill. Yeah. Which benefit from the excessive amount of damage that you're going to do with those rocket launchers. Yeah. That that being said, um, and I'm going to get into this again real quick, um, and we've said this before, if the if the barrel matches the brand of the weapon, it gains bonus weapon damage. Uh, and, you know, again, this is a pretty common theme throughout uh, throughout the weapons, and the same thing, I didn't mention this when we were talking about it with the, with the uh, assault rifles, but the same thing with the grip. If the grip matches the brand of the weapon, it gains additional bonus reload speed and a magazine size increase. So I, you know, I'm not sure if you'd ever find it, but hypothetically, let's say that you had, let's say that you had a perfect Torg rocket launcher. So great. So you've got a Torg rocket launcher. They already do good damage. Okay. You get a Torg, uh, you get a Torg barrel on it. Uh, So now you're getting that additional bonus weapon damage from the matching parts and Torg does greatly increased weapon damage at the cost of accuracy, uh, recoil, reload, uh, and reload speed, and uh, missile speed as well. But if you get the Torg uh, grip as well, then you're going to be getting that bonus reload speed and the mag size increase, as well as weapon damage. Uh, from bonus ac- weapon damage! Bonus weapon damage from the grip itself, at, again, at the cost of accuracy, reload speed, increased recoil. If you get a Torg exhaust, you get... Increased weapon damage at the at, at the cost of fire rate. So 
as weird as this sounds, the same way that we were talking about Vlad off with pistols, we're going the exact opposite direction <laughs> with Torg. It's like, all right, you may not be able to get very many shots off, but it doesn't matter if you kill literally everything. <laughs> like, right, right. It's you know the the frustrating thing is like when it is you, if there's just so much going on and you can't find can't find something to shoot at, just start shooting. Just just turn your just turn your reticle until it turns red and let that thing fly. Yep. <laughs> Probably going to be okay. Yeah. One thing I want to highly, highly stress is whatever you're doing, no matter what rocket launcher you get, please avoid, uh, when you're looking at the exhaust, which is the back part of the rocket launcher, please avoid TDR at all costs. Because yeah, yeah. TDR does absolutely nothing. It literally does nothing. And I mean, yep. like, nothing, nothing. So it doesn't yeah, increase not like, anything. Not like, we're not, we're not getting all, you know... Um, this is not hyperbole here. It literally does stone nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you know, Torg does the weapon damage on the exhaust. Flatoff does fire rate. Banna does magazine size. Molly One does missile speed. TDR does literally nothing. So if you see that big square exhaust on the back of your rocket launcher, re check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just so, hold yeah. out. You'll find another rocket launcher, especially yeah. when you're trying to open a chest and find something sick. You'll be like, Oh, rocket launcher. Of course. Mm -hmm. yep. Especially when you're running some build that doesn't need them. Uh, so the second variant of the Torg rocket launcher that you can look at is the D and that's going to come with a Vlad off barrel and benefits from increased fire rate and projectile speed but decreased accuracy, making it suitable for mainly medium-range targets. Yeah. So, yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty much what we have for that. Again, you know, um, hope you found this helpful. We're definitely going to cover uh, grenade mods, uh, shields, class mods, all that kind of stuff. Um, the reason we're not doing that here is because a lot of those kind of things, more so than the guns themselves, are dependent on your personal playstyle, your level, your skills, um, you know, your character, everything like that. So, you know, the guns are more something where uh, what we're recommending to you are things that we feel are going to benefit just about any player. Um, right. You know. Right. Like if it, like we said, regardless of who you are, if you find a Vladoff anarchist, you could probably run it. If you could find a Torg rocket launcher, you could probably run it. It's mm -hmm. they're just generally universally the best versions of co of these common weapons. Yeah, if you if you run up against a uh, you know if you go up against uh, if you find a dull saw rifle, stop it, get some help. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, um, in summation, though, uh, all weapons in Borderlands are at their best when they have matching parts. Barrels are typically going to increase the qualities that that brand is known for, and grips across the board increase reload speed and magazine size. So, if it, first of all, if you ever find a perfect matching weapon, post it to our Twitter account. We want to see that. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That you know, we say don't at me, but at me with that though. Like <laughs> at me so hard with that. <laughs> um, and. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've got for that topic. Um, oh, one last little note here is if you have been confused for the whole duration of this conversation and you have no idea what these 
what these parts look like or anything, or you didn't even know that these weapons come with different parts, we're going to post a link in the show notes to a uh, to an injured page, I believe, or to uh, or or maybe that post on the Steam community where it covers all of the weapon types and all of the weapon parts. So you can have a nice, easy reference to know exactly what you're getting into. Yep, absolutely. So uh, if you want to, if you want, um, you know, like a visual of kind of how they react and everything like that too, there are several different, uh, there are several different guides on YouTube as to what, what this actually looks like and things like that. So, but um, again, you know, um, you know, other people I'm sure have different opinions about it. That's great because we encourage fun and everyone should be able to play according to their own play style. These are just what we've found and we've discussed after, you know, after our own experiences with the game and how we like to do things. So. Right, right, exactly. So uh, that wraps up our conversation on the uh, weapon guide. So let's go ahead and get into our very last topic of the day. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to call this segment yet, but what we're going to do is on every show we're going to cover it. We're going to cover one uh, either unique or legendary or serif or pearlescent weapon per episode. So this episode, we're going to start off, or we're going to start off the series with the skull masher. Yep. Uh, we're going to do just like a, just like a five minute deep dive on, on this specific weapon. And that's what we're going to do at the end of every, every episode. Yep. So, and uh, when we say that we're covering a weapon, um, we are covering each weapon, uh, in separate games. The Skullmasher has been in... Uh, I think the Skullmasher has actually been in all three games, right? Borderlands 1, yes, 2, correct. and the pre-sequel? Yeah, one of the, one yep. of the very few weapons to actually do that. But uh, we're just going to be covering the Borderlands 2 version right now, although uh, this probably works very, very similarly in the pre-sequel, I would imagine. It does. It does, yeah. Okay. So, uh, to begin with, uh, the Skullmasher, uh, what is it? It's a legendary sniper rifle manufactured by Jacobs. No surprise here that one of our favorite weapons in the game is a Jacob sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the it shoots uh, five projectiles at the cost of one round. Each projectile has decreased damage. Okay, so one trigger pull, you're going to get five shooty bits. I mean, I, I don't know how else to <laughs> five, word. five shooty mans. <laughs> I don't know how else to word projectiles. Pellets. It's like yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, so pull, and it's bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, like Jeff said, it was originally in Borderlands 1 and shot six projectiles that were actually faster, which is really nice. But still, this one's a really great, really great weapon. Yeah. Uh, relatively low accuracy for a sniper rifle, which is a little frustrating. Uh, it's usually somewhere in the mid-'80s somewhere between 82 and 88-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and mainly the reason that is is because, um, you know, I mean, they're treating it more like a shotgun, so it has has the accuracy similar to exactly what it is, which is a sniper rifle shotgun, essentially, you know. I mean, it would be like, you know, uh, for anyone that's out there that does any kind of hunting or anything like that, you know, a slug, you know, if you're, if you're shooting a shotgun, a slug is going to be accurate. Um, you know, whereas, uh, whereas birdshot is, is not, you know, you're trying to kept throw out essentially a big net with, you know, uh, with birdshot or anything like that, as opposed to, as opposed to a slug where you're trying to hit something very accurately. And that's, and that's just what this is emulating. 
Right. So now imagine that you take a shotgun that's loaded with with deer slug, but there's five slugs in that one in that one uh, shotgun shell. That's right. like stacked up. It's good. It's like pow pow pow. That's how it works. Right. Yep. Yep, exactly. So uh, it's really nice. I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about a couple of different builds for sniper rifles, anything like that. Any any character that uses a sniper rifle uh, is generally going to get some use out of this. Um, you know, maybe not as much use on uh, maybe not as much use on uh, Maya as some of the other ones because generally at end game when you start getting these legendary and unique weapons you're gonna want to stick to her elemental build in some form or fashion specifically because things like uh you know reaper which is a great skill to have for anything like that um you know reaper does uh does increase damage to enemies that are above 50 percent of their health and this would be great with that you know, understandably, but you've already gotten into a couple of her elemental skills going into that previously. So you might be better off with uh, something else that does elemental damage, like, oh, uh, you know, like uh, one of the Vladoff legendaries, like the, uh, the yeah. Ayuda or something like that, yep. or um, something along those lines. So, um, so yeah, that's, you know, like I said, zero. This is going to work great on... Uh, like I said, if you're, again, to that one guy out there that's doing that accident sniper build, more power to you. Get on it. So <laughs> Hit me up. Let me know. Yes. I got to talk to you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, I think I think something is just that it's a cool-looking gun as well, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, it is. Um, um, so, yeah, to, to expand upon what Jeff's talking about, um, you can actually use the the skull masher and have it and have Axton's uh, builds uh, an Axton build benefit from it. Uh, his skills like impact or uh, battlefront or uh-huh. duty calls, like they're all going to be, it's going to make an already awesome weapon punch even harder. And uh, lastly with Salvador, uh, his skills that you're going to want to be running. If you're for some reason looking to do a Salvador skull masher build, I guess, uh, you're gonna Gio, want it some sounds points. dope. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds. It's like one of those. Like, man, that sounds hella dope. I, I don't think I'm gonna do it. That just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yo, yo, to that one guy that's doing that Salvador sniper build, it's up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, if you're running a Salvador uh, Skullmasher build, uh, put points into money shot, lay waste, and no kill like overkill. And if you're running Krieg, I guess Thrill of the Kill, but that's that's all I can come up with. And uh, Jeff, tell us all about Gage's Sniper Skullmasher build. Uh, uh, Gage, uh, shoot at the ground. So, information, don't do that. Don't yeah. Do that. Um, so uh, basically, since that is what this is, if you really want to, if you want to, uh, uh, to that one guy on Twitter that's using the Gage Skullmasher build, hit me up. Like, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and you know, at some point we're gonna have to do these, though, right? Yeah. We're gonna I'm, have to I'm aware. And talk about them on the show. I'm I can't aware. wait for that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, basically, like I, you know, like here's the thing: is that it's one of those things where, yes, I understand that if you're using Age, you're probably running a ton of Anarchy, and you're gonna be hitting you know, way harder at the expense of a ton of accuracy. However, I really want to find out now what happens if you get a skull masher and you just like shove that right up somebody's nose with gauge with like 500 stacks of anarchy. Oh yeah. That's how you do it. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Just like, that's super exciting now. Yeah. Just like a, you know, just like a, 
you know, like you like use it like a shotgun, like you would on gauge. Yeah. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really curious to see about that. Just don't reload, you know. Just be careful. Don't, about don't that. do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't. We we don't do that here. <laughs> right, right, right. That's really interesting. Uh, so lastly, where to get the skull masher? Obviously, any suitable loot source. Technically, you could open up a dumpster and find a skull masher. It's not very likely. So if you're looking specifically for one, you can farm Son of Mothrak in the uh, Wilderness Exploitation Preserve and Rakanoth in Scylla's Grove, which is in the Sir Hamelok's Big Game Hunt DLC. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I would, I would recommend probably, I would recommend probably getting it from Rakanoth in Scylla's Grove. It just seems like... It's not as difficult of a fight, personally. Um, well, and I feel like it's a little easier to get to, also. Yeah, yep, it is a little bit easier to get to, because, you know, otherwise, without, like, you know, grenade jumping and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, to get back to, uh, you know, to get back to Son of Mothrak, you have to go, like, all the way around and everything, and it's a whole I mean, thing, like, so. if you're lucky, you can farm, you know, Pomon and Tumba along the way, and if you're new to this, yeah, I said that right. It's not... I didn't get those messed up. Uh, it's Pomona too, but you could, I guess, try to farm them along the way. And if you're if you're late a game, you can farm some chubbies and whatever too. So yeah, you. I mean, you can also definitely farm the you know the loot midgets in in the boxes for doctor's orders along the way too. You can do right, all these right. things. It's just if you're looking for specifically this, you know, uh, maybe this isn't your best option. Right. Right. I agree. So. So, yeah. so I think that takes us to the end of episode one. This has been a. Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands. At this point, we're planning on doing this semi-weekly or bi-weekly. I don't know. Every two weeks. All right? That's how often we're going to be doing this. Uh, Unless we get huge support. And then who knows? Maybe someday we could do... uh, Maybe we could do it weekly. But that's uh, that's down the road. Right now, we're just trying to make every episode as good as it possibly can be. And we hope that you enjoyed it. And we look forward to bringing you episode two in two weeks. Yep. Uh, Jeff, the, you got anything else? No. Nope. In the uh, in the meantime, uh, to all of our fellow vault hunters out there, we will see you in the Borderlands. All right, man. Uh, and uh, everybody, good luck and good drops, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>